You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, David G, and Troy Coverdale. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta lope. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool. I'm the kind of G the little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light. Rest in peace, Coolio. Yes. Yes. Television. Watch it. Got me tasting dreams. Yeah. Do you know every lyric? Who doesn't know every lyric? Am I right? <laughs> Troy, Troy could rap this whole thing right now. <laughs> Things that you do not want to hear for 1,000, Alex. It is hour to the game, the game after work. Mitch Wharton, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berklin is with us. Also, uh, before we hear from Curry Sexton here in just a moment, uh, this announced by K-State earlier today that the Cats have launched a Wildcat marketplace for student-athletes. So they have teamed up with Open Doors, and you can go to opendoors.com. You have multiple ways to search for either just Kansas State, or you can search for an individual student-athlete, and you can... Hire, I suppose. Hire them for you. Know, they could. You can hire them for a shout out, for you know a certain individual or for an occasion, a social media post, a public appearance, autograph signing. Uh, if you want them to pitch something for you, you can make a custom request. And every student athlete has their own um, dollar amount that they have sent uh, set for these requests. Uh, shout out to Aoka Lee, first of all, who has set her price for basically everything at $1,000. She is somebody that knows her knows her price and knows, her, <laughs> knows how much she's worth. Yes. I think that is uh, – I think that's appropriate, really. Very nice. Absolutely. Now, I, Deuce Vaughn has set his prices starting at about 25 bucks. They go a little bit higher for, like, posts and shout-outs and stuff. Appearances are a little bit more – uh, Deuce, I'm telling you, your prices are too low. Let me give you this honest <laughs> advice. Your prices are too low. I'm not joking. They are a little bit too low, but maybe he's just being generous. And now, with that being said, let's turn our attention to our very special guest we have on Thursdays in the second hour, Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver and a part of the Wildcats NIL, uh, Wildcats Den NIL Collective. Uh, Curry, you're also part of this Open Doors and this K-State Marketplace Man, do you think I made a money? <laughs> Good God. No, it's really not that bad. But uh, I guess, uh, how is it working with K-State and yourself for being a former student athlete, and now you're able to market yourself as well as a former student athlete? Um, well, I, I, I guess I 
I'm not quite sure what you mean by marketing myself as a former student athlete. If that's something that exists, I don't know that that's something I plan to do or would have a market for. But I think this is great. I mean, these uh, these marketplace these marketplaces where schools partnering with a third party uh, tech platform like Open Doors, um, it's pretty pervasive. I know KU launched one about a month ago, um, and K State has actually had a had a partnership with Open Doors for a, for a significant amount of time now. Um, but I think this is uh, I think this is a good step. I think it's a it's a good way to connect the fans and the student athletes um, in a streamlined fashion. Um, and so, if somebody wants Deuce Vaughn to make an appearance at like their son's flag football practice, um, you know they're going to have to they're they're going to have to set up you know figure out the right price for him. And and I you know I know you were just talking in the in the open there about about the prices that are set. And I will say that that. That that doesn't necessarily mean um, anything. The fact that, like it says, Deuce Vaughn might do something for twenty three dollars. Um, I think that's sort of arbitrarily set right now. Mm. But he ultimately will have the ability to accept or decline the any any offers that are presented to him. Okay. Um, and so, if somebody goes to him and says, "Hey, I want you to show up to my kid's flag football practice. I'll give you a hundred bucks." Deuce Vaughn's most likely going to say. Um, no, it's going to need to be a, it's going to need to be a little bit higher um, for me to you know for me to, 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 to give you some of my free time, um, and so that's that's one of the beauties of this is, is it gives fans access to the players, but but the players get to do it on their terms. Okay, well, my apologies if I misphrased your involvement with it because I did see you had your own profile here on Open Doors and you as that's well. Funny. Uh, can be hired for you know, or not hired, but like you can sign autographs and make appearances and do posts and stuff. So that's funny. I, I had I had I had only briefly looked at it and I had no idea. I oh, actually and, okay. it, and it could be that I was back in like 2015, the year after I got done playing. Um, Open Doors was was fairly new, and they they had actually I had actually done a few low-level deals with Open Door. So I guess I'll have to look into it, but I'm wondering if that, uh, if that, if that dates back to my, to the, to the, to the, you know, the, the deals that I did through Open Doors about seven years ago. Yeah. You have your own profile on, uh, if, when you search for K-State, yeah, you'll, you have your own profile and it's got you, uh, wearing a black t-shirt with squints from the Sandlot or from Sandlot and you got, uh, you're wearing some black sunglasses in your picture. That is funny. That was from yeah. That was from a bachelor party about six years ago. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's talk about the cats. Adrian Martinez against Oklahoma was awesome. Did you see that as just a complete night and day one eighty from the previous week against Tulane? Absolutely. Um, I I kept telling people. I said I just don't understand how. You you know we you go from or, or you know the team and Adrian go from one extreme at Tulane where they look like they couldn't you know fight themselves out of a wet wet paper sack to last week where they look like world beaters um, and I think I think a lot of people expected that version of Adrian Martinez or maybe hoped for that version of Adrian Martinez and and I think rightfully so after the Tulane loss and after the first three games. I think a lot of people were skeptical about whether the, the versatile, dynamic Adrian Martinez from Nebraska was was we, maybe we weren't going to see him, you know, based on injuries or, or 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 various factors. But to see him come out 
and sort of take that game over both through the air and on the ground, I thought was, was just incredible. Um, you know, he was, he was just electric, uh, great decisions throughout the game. Um, unlike the first three games, he was a much more decisive runner and a more decisive passer. And, and obviously all of that, all of that was the recipe for a, for a big, big upset. As a former wide receiver yourself, I'd love to hear your thoughts on also the improvement from the wide receivers and also, you know, like tight ends like Chris Sennett, who had multiple catches. He led the receivers in receiving yards. Did you see more of an effort from them? Absolutely. And I, and I love the way that we, you know, that we threw the ball down the field. Obviously, Ben Sennett was a guy who, you know, I think in the first, first season and a half, you know, being active out on the field, he's. He's been primarily a, a fullback or inline blocker, but to see him, you know, be a really effective weapon in the pass yeah. game was was really uh, was really a, a sight to see. I, I you know we haven't used tight ends over the past several years um, very extensively, other than maybe Briley Moore, um, and so to see that I thought was great. I mean, he obviously looks like he's a guy who's got some mobility, tough to bring down, good hands, run, ran some great routes. And then aside from that, I mean, it was, yeah, it was great to see guys like Phillip and, and Malik get involved, um, you know, with, after a little bit of slow starts to the year from a, in the passing game, it was really great to see those guys um, get a lot of targets and, and make some plays. Um, so, yeah, really, really impressed with what we saw from the offense as a whole, and, and I just hope that that's the offense that we're going to get throughout the remainder of the year. Now, as somebody who has played in Norman, Oklahoma, a couple of times, this was talked about at the press conference Tuesday amongst the media, also with Chris Kleiman and even Gene Taylor chimed in about the atmosphere and about how the like the public address announcer was like dragging on the third down call way too long. Like even into K State snap, he was still doing it. They're doing the light show that hasn't been obviously around very long. But do you remember your time when you played at Oklahoma or at Oklahoma? of the fan experience being irritating for K-State? No, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't remember that. I mean, I think, you know, I always have, I mean, I went down there twice and won twice, so my memories are fairly fond. Um, like I said last week, one of the thing, one of my, one of my lasting memories is their pregame music was always pretty on point. Um, and then I thought their, I thought the way that they, you know, what they do with, with, uh, field goals or, or extra point balls to get going to the stands the way they, they the way they throw them up the end zone and toss them out the stadium um i thought was pretty hilarious but beyond that no i don't remember a whole lot from the from the game day operations or game day experience perspective um you know obviously i remember a lot of the players and the coaches you know remember venables and mark stoops and some of those guys on the sideline going berserk at, at a time or two um but do not remember any issues with their game day operations. But uh, I think that just makes the win that much that much sweeter if that was, in fact, going on. Curry Sexton is our guest, so I've been asking almost everybody this question. because It, it was a really big topic, actually, nationally, about the Kansas Jayhawks not being ranked, and K-State is ranked 25th in the country. And I think they do deserve the ranking. You go on the road and beat number 6 Oklahoma – uh, that's not an easy thing to do, and KC was already preseason expected to be a really good team. Meanwhile, Kansas is four and zero. They haven't played the toughest schedule, but they yeah, they are four and zero. The offense looks really good. If you personally was a voter, like on the AP poll, would you have put 
uh, KU in your top 25? That's tough. Um, I haven't studied the back end of the of the AP poll that much. Um, I, I was with my, I was with my brother who who's obviously a KU now. Um, went right after the polls came out, so we did talk about it a little bit. Um, and I think yeah, yeah, you can make an argument that teams like you know Pitt, um, a team like Pitt might not be worthy of being ranked over KU. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, and I, I think I said this to my brother last weekend, I said, and I've said it to a couple KU fans at work this week, I said, I understand it, 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 taking throwing all biases out and, and, and disregarding any of the preseason stuff, KU should be ranked. But I think, I think there's a little bit of, I think there's, you know, there's that KU perception that's being taken into account. And, and if you're looking at preseason polls, KU probably realistically started out in the preseason ranked about a hundred, um, and so it's hard to overcome that per- perception if you're if you're KU, and so I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. And you know, you win the first game big as they should over Tennessee Tech. The West Virginia win was electric, but you think, okay, well maybe West Virginia's not that good, or KU just played a good game. Go down and be Houston. Houston's obviously not looking like a great team. Um, and then you beat Duke, who's historically a really poor football team and didn't win a game in the ACC last year. And so I think people are sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to KU because it just it, it's it's illogical to say we're going to go from a two and ten football team um, who who's who's won very very few Big Twelve games to a real contender in the Big Twelve in the span of you know in the span of a year. Um, and so maybe they should be ranked, but I think if they're if they're deserving of that they will prove it over the next several weeks. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see just how they handle uh, Iowa State at home uh, on Saturday. Meanwhile, K-State is back at home, and they have the Texas Tech Red Raiders in town. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, your one-handed catch against Tech in 2014, but when, when you like flashback yourself to uh, the highlights that you had in your playing days, is that the one that maybe comes up the most? Yeah, I think so. Um I just think, you know, I think I would say aside from your and aside from your your you know your top guys, your your lockets and uh-huh. and, and Finney's, I would say that largely the the you know from the from from the majority of the fan base, not your passionate, you know, your really passionate fans. I would say a lot of the sort of role guys, or maybe maybe you know maybe your better players who aren't superstars. I would say a lot of those guys, like, you know, they kind of, they kind of are forgotten as time goes on. Um, and so I think a play like that is something that people do remember over time. Um, and so, yeah, when I see people or I talk to people they're you know, that's the thing that most often comes up, which is fine. I mean, it was a, you know, it was a pretty crazy play. It's not, you know, it's not lucky, but, um, yeah, that's probably the thing that, that a lot of other people bring up, but maybe not, you know, Maybe not. Maybe not the memory that I come to all the time. Well, okay. So I started to laugh there. I didn't know where you were going exactly. You started to say your. I thought you were about to bring up when I sacked you in high school. You probably don't even remember that. But I thought maybe you were just trying to pull on my heart strings and bring that up because that might be my fondest memory of football, especially since uh, Cody Whitehair was involved. Yeah, uh, that's funny. 
I'm sure he has. He still has nightmares about me. Um, but um, well, just to wrap up here, Curry, um, Texas Tech. They go fast, don't they? They're the, the, the probably the fastest team in the country. They run the most plays in the country, uh, but uh, you know, defensively they're improved as well. What do you think about this matchup between K State and Texas Tech? Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I, I I do think it's going to be a challenge, but at the same time, this is a game. If you're K State, you have to win. Um, after that big win last week, you you brought everybody back and then some from the T, from the Tulane loss. Um, and you have a stretch here where you can rack up a couple wins, um, you know, before we get to that, to that Oklahoma state, Texas Baylor stretch. Um, and so I think that's, I mean, this is a huge game and, and I think, uh, you know, I think this is a team that we're ca- very capable of beating. Um, and so, yeah, our guys just have to, to make sure that, you know, that, that they're, that they're, that they've come down from the win last week and are and are focused and ready to go. Texas Tech's always a tough team. You know, when you play a team who runs 80, 90, 100 plays, um, guys are going to be exhausted. But fortunately, and we saw it some last week, we're, we've been building a lot of depth um, on the defensive side and rotating a lot of guys in and out. Um, and I think that will serve us well this week. And, and at the end of the day, offense is going to have to control the clock to keep the defense off the field and give them some rest. Um, and also make sure that, you know, we're putting points on the board and defensively, you just got, I mean, the, the thing that you always have to do with it, with an offense like Texas, Texas Tech is you have to prevent the big play because if you're going to force them to, to go on 10, 12, 15 play drives, at some point they're going to make a mistake, whether that's a false start or a holding penalty or an interception, um, or a sack. It's it it just inevitably is going to happen. But if you let them hit on those big plays, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a a, a sprint. Um, and I and and that's where you know that's a situation you don't want to get into when you're a team like K State that that's built on um, you know a more methodical approach and, and and ball control. So um, looking forward to it. I think K State's well positioned, and and I I would um, be very disappointed if we if we don't get a win on Saturday. Yeah, 100%. Curry, I completely agree with that, and that's all I got for you this week. Appreciate your time. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Mitch. You guys take care. Yeah, you too. That's Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver and a part part of the Wildcats Den NIL Collective. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about K-State and Texas Tech. I think maybe some keys are for the Cats on Saturday. That's next. The late Coolio bringing us back into the game. Parquet game day Saturday will kick off at 7 a.m. Breakfast football. Bill Center Family Stadium is the location for number 25 K-State hosting Texas Tech. And uh, the official kickoff time is 11.02 because it is an ESPN Plus broadcast. Little fantastic voyage. It takes a minute to get the lyrics going. Yeah. A lot of beat at the beginning. I forgot about that. I love it. Yeah, he did have this sound, right? Yeah. Uh A lot of his songs had this kind of sound to it. West Coast. Mm. 
your back with the extra clip and close your eyes and hit the switch. We're going to a place where everybody kick it, kick it, kick it, yeah, that's the ticket. Ain't no cutting, ain't no clipping, ain't no pump. Clean version. Yeah, yeah. Management thanks you. Rest in peace, Coolio. Passed away yesterday at the age of 50. Nine and Travion saw him ten days ago, which is weird, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, dude. Here comes the conspiracy theory. I got one. Oh God. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say it in front of Ray Beyond. So I'll just I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk K State and uh, and Texas Tech. A really interesting matchup because it, talking to Ryan Hyatt yesterday. I mean, Texas Tech is an improved team defensively, um, and especially against the run. I mean, they are top twenty-five mm-hmm. team right now against the run. They've been they've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, Bijan Robinson ran for a buck, one hundred one. Don't use the same one; just say one hundred one. And it was a little over, I think it was around six yards a carry. And uh, Texas was run, able to run for about five yards a carry. Uh, I, I do have some keys for this matchup. I'm going to start with the K State defense. And this this is a very big stat to me. And I think K-State will do a good job of exposing it, really. And that is the Texas Tech offense has not been successful very much running the football. And Ryan said that yesterday about that offensive line being a work in progress. Their run blocking has not been solid. And they have a, a veteran running back in Sir Roderick Thompson who's good. He is good, but he's not getting the appropriate blocking. Texas Tech right now is allowing 7.75 tackles for loss a game. That is a high number. It's so high, it's worse than the Big 12, and it's 118th in the country out of 131 teams. Now flip that to the K-State defense. And K-State's had a great year so far mm-hmm. of making tackles in the backfield, averaging nearly seven a game, 29th in the country, third best in the Big 12, the two teams better, is the team that they just played where they allowed four tackles for loss, and they are averaging over 10, and they didn't give up a sack, and that was to Oklahoma. And the other team who has been consistent the last few years with a very strong rush, and that's Oklahoma State. Tackling needs to be better. And that's not a secret. We've seen two games now where we, we've noticed the tackling at times, not a whole game, but at times had been sloppy. But the game against Oklahoma, everybody everybody who whiffed at the tackle at one point redeemed themselves. Mm-hmm. Every, every one of them redeemed themselves. Uh, one of the biggest whiffs was from Austin Moore. He came back with a sack. Just that was awesome. Not too long after that. Yeah. Um, but K-State, and, and Coach mentioned it on Tuesday, Got to shut down that run. Yes, they do go fast and they love to throw it, but you still have to shut down the run. And I think they will do it. I think that will be a successful part of K-State's day. The run is more a part of what Texas Tech is doing offensively than what the old offense under Mike Leach was. The air raid. Correct. So, you know, don't don't try to compare the two in terms of their styling 
because Texas Tech will still look to run the football, especially when you're talking about McGuire being a, a, a defensive coach first and foremost. He wants his guys to have a good offense, but you know he also recognizes that the run has to be a part of the game to be able to run time and not wear down his defense completely. The defense has to be ready, though, for tempo. Obviously, I mean, I was watch, re-watching the game against Texas and multiple times were they snapping the ball with 30 to 25 seconds still on the play clock. That I mean, that's moving mm-hmm. very fast. They're mm-hmm. averaging, I think it's over 93 plays a game. It's it's an insane amount. But what they also do is they put, like what Ryan said yesterday, they put together drives. You're talking double-digit drives moving at tempo. So K-State's defense, you know, th- they can't afford giving up if they give up a touchdown and it's multi-play drives, and then they got to rotate guys in because the offense would three and out. So then you're going heavy rotation and trying to save some bodies, trying to save some stamina for another series, and you just can't afford that too much. It doesn't matter who you are. You just can't afford a whole lot of that. So that is a slight worry of mine, but I don't think I, – predicting, I don't think that's going to be a giant issue. Um. But with Texas Tech and how Donovan Smith throws the football, he, he seems very comfortable just throwing bullets down the middle of the field, but not like the biggest plays. We're talking, you know, five to ten type of plays. But he will just throw these bullets. He throws it fast. Mm-hmm. He really does. He's not the most accurate though, like throwing to the sidelines, but usually is on the money when he throws just directly down the field. And that's where they create those that tempo by gaining five, six, seven yards every time they throw a pass like that. Um, so linebackers have to be ready for that for sure. Matchup problems if you're not careful at the linebacker. Much like we try to get with deuce on linebackers all the time, rather than it being defensive backs covering him, K-State's going to have to be prepared for the likelihood that there are going to be receivers in the area where linebackers are and in a position where they're left having to cover because of personnel. But I, it wouldn't shock me if the K-State defense comes up with a couple of interceptions because Donovan Smith has made mistakes. He Back-to-back games, pick six, terrible throws. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have made those throws. And against a veteran defense like what K-State has, he's going to make some mistakes. Cash it on those cats. Offensively, I just I want to see consistency. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. I mean, kudos to them. How the turntables turned <laughs> on that. Where I should say, well, 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 how the turntables uh, from the Tulane game to Oklahoma. But now you're, you're you're going to see a team that has been really good at stopping the run and have given up some yards in the passing game, but still haven't been the worst. Um, hopefully, the passing game is going to be there. Get Deuce Vaughn going. Early. That's where you want to see the improvement. Get him going early. And I bet he scores. He hasn't scored in two games. Deuce Vaughn is going to get him a touchdown. Yeah. And I mentioned earlier the three and outs. You can't afford to go three and out multiple times against and in a no. row against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. That, that just can't happen. But that is also a part of the consistency where they converted on eight third downs. They were eight of 17 if I remember correctly, against Oklahoma. So that's nearly 50%. That's an extremely much better improvement than against Tulane. One of the things that stands out to me in terms of how K-State's offense runs this weekend, and this is firmly on Colin Klein 
calling plays, and that is that you cannot be too conservative this weekend after showing your hand against Oklahoma last week. If you play too conservative, you run the risk of getting into too many third down situations and having to try to convert just because you're trying to hang on to the ball and milk the clock some and keep that defense off the field while keeping Texas Tech's offense off the field and having to put your defense back out there against that tempo. Yeah, I I love also, I hope that when we see consistency, we say consistency, we're talking about Adrian Martinez as well. For sure. I mean, it's like Deuce Vaughn, of course, is the superstar and he's the guy, but this offense needs the quarterback to not to take advantage and be aggressive, but don't get greedy. Take the opportunity when it comes. When you see, you know, when you see it, when they don't have a spy on you, run it. When they are, dump it across. He there was Cade Warner dropped that one. He just got dropped it in there. If he would have caught that for a first down, I mean, those are the type of plays. It's like I want. I hope that Adrian sees he got it. Oh wow, that's what they mean. Don't get greedy. Just take the opportunities yeah. when you see them, and and allow when you do when you do the little things like that. When you take advantage of those situations, that opens things for Deuce. That opens things for Malik. That opens up the whole deal. I hope that we can stay consistent with Adrian Martinez. Just push the same message. Be consistent, but go out there and sling it a little bit, man. You're good. You're good. Well, it really opened up the offense, didn't it? Big I mean. Time. Yeah. Thrown all over the yard, his scrambling ability. I, I said it yesterday. It's like he has eyes in the back of his head sometimes he, he against does. that Oklahoma, Oklahoma team when he stepped in the pocket and delivered some throws. Right. I mean, you talk about just a gigantic change. You mentioned earlier, like there could be a slight letdown. Yeah, there could be. I mean, it was it was a really good game from yeah. that offense. So it was just game. incredible offense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think of this game as like a two score win for K State right now. I'm think like my mind is taking me like thirty one to twenty. Mm-hmm. type of a game. I think it'll be one of those where it's close and at the end I do think that our athletics like we we'll, we have big we have better athletes across the board and that's where it'll show we'll get a pick 6 to see them at the very end. That'd be awesome. That I and like I think it bodes well for us that he likes the short passes and not the big ones cuz the big pass plays were killing K-State last weekend. I mean it was just I mean they could they can handle everything underneath, but it's if you can get us one on one deep, it's kind of dicey. But then again, it is Marvin Mims Jr. You know he's yeah, one of the best yeah, in the country. Yeah, look at the, look at who it was for Oklahoma versus right. who it is for Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Perfect. That's and Texas Tech is is really young at the skill positions, other mm-hmm. than Sir Roderick Thompson, um, who is I mean he's been there for a long time. But you're talking about freshmen and sophomores across the board, right? What, that you'll find. Uh, at wide receiver. All right, when we come back, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with some number one song of the day and uh, ask us anything. Number one song does have a a little tie into Texas Tech. That's next. What? Clap your hands. Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in a sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm Raising me a family and working on the farm the Days are all filled with an easy country charm Thank God I'm a country boy Well, I got me a fine wife, I got me old fiddle When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle Thank God I'm a country boy When the work's all done and the sun's set low Pull out my fiddle and the rosin up the bow Kids are asleep, so I keep a kind of low And thank God I'm a country boy Sally Gooden all day, if I could, but the Lord and my wife. 
From 1975, thank God I'm a country boy, John Denver, one week at number one. Mm-hmm. Now, I told you, uh, I don't know, I told you at some point, uh, I hired a college student in K-State to help us out with some high school broadcasts this year. Uh, he's like 6'6". Uh, he's 18 years old, but he's like technically a junior at K-State. He's wow. like a genius. His name is Cole Dutchendorf. He is first cousins once removed with John Denver. No way. John Denver's real name is Henry John Dutchendorf Jr. How about that? Wow. I know. I know. Uh, John Denver, singer, songwriter, guitarist, actor, activist, humanitarian from, he's born in Roswell, New Mexico. But did you know he graduated from Texas Tech? He did. He did. Stupid idiot. Uh, John Denver, he began his music career. He's like doing some folk stuff. And then uh, in the 70s, got a little bit more acoustic stuff going. And it became very popular, of course. As a matter of, I mean, one of the best-selling artists of the 70s. And by 74, he was already being named one of America's best-selling performers. Estimated sales of over 33 million albums. Oof. Now, some of his songs were so popular, the Colorado State Legislature adopted Rocky Mountain High as one of its two state songs in 07. What's the other one, Troy? Yeah, good question. I don't remember off the top of my head. Like a Rock, Bob Seger? No, definitely no. not that. I love that song. And I love Rocky Mountain High, too. It's really good songs. Uh, and then West Virginia, of course, did the same with Take Me Home Country Roads in 2014, even though West Virginia had been playing it for generations yeah. before that. Unfortunately for John, you know, avid pilot. In his day, he died in 1997 at the age of 53 in a single fatality crash while piloting a recently purchased light plane. You remember when he was in Son in Law? I remember his. I remember this song in Son in Law. Yeah, when he, the guy that's like, like flying, and he looks down and crawl. It's written crawl, and that was John Denver. Was it really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Love that movie, by the way. When he gets punched in the nose, he I goes, guess, why did you do that? <laughs> I love that movie. I didn't realize that was John Denver. I haven't also, I've, I've seen it maybe once in the last 15 years. Oh, God. Oh. With George Burns. That was a good movie. That and, and that series of movies. That was funny. Was John Denver and George Burns. The gods must be crazy. Remember oh, that. now there's a movie. Yeah. By the way. To answer your question about Colorado, uh-huh. the, the other song, Where the Columbines Grow, which none of us have ever heard. Jeez. No. Oh. Creepy. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Okay, so 30 studio albums for Johnny D. <laughs> uh, 14 D. top 40 hits. <laughs> and this is his third of four number ones. Do you think anybody's ever called him Johnny D? Probably not, no. I, if you're the first, that's awesome. <laughs> we need to like, <laughs> write it down or something. Uh, so the song originally appeared on his eighth studio album called Back Home Again, but was completely overshadowed by Annie's song. Mm. So he did a live version, a recording, at the Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles as part of, a, of the album and TV special, An Evening with John Denver, and released it as a single in 1975, and this is the live version you're hearing that went number one. And John Denver, he already had his country cred with Take Me Home Country Roads in, in 71. That did not go number one. That went, I believe it went number two. 
It didn't quite get there. Almost. Hmm. Almost, but didn't quite get there. So, Troy, you know, maybe in the, put that in your back pocket. Okay. Yeah, Troy. Next time I'm gone. All right. Yeah. Uh, but while that song was inspired by his longing to settle in West Virginia, he had never been there. His songwriters had never been there when that song was written and released. Uh, this track literally hits closer to home as it was influenced by the singer's beloved Colorado, where he made his home in Aspen. And his songwriter, John Martin Somers, who also played guitar and fiddle uh, with John Denver, wrote the tune during a peaceful drive from Aspen to Los Angeles. I don't know, Lloyd, the French. Yeah. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way Slippy, off. slappy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's the Rockies. Man, hey, I read a really interesting thing about Outlaw Country back in the day, like in the 70s, mm-hmm. and they freaking hated John Denver. Waylon Jennings... And the boys, they did not appreciate him one bit. They wanted to tear him apart because he was like corporate radio. He was corporate country. He was the pretty boy singing about that stuff. And they're like, no, let's sing about like barbiturates and (laughs) whiskey and wrecking cars and stuff. That's what I'm talking about. And they, yeah, they hated John Denver. So I wonder if it ever like they ever warmed up to him, you know? I remember that kiss in the 70s when they were still trying to get their footing. They did like a photo shoot. Like in New York City, of them walking around in their costumes and stuff, and they had like a bunch of like John Denver posters, and they were like ripping them and Whoa. stuff. I think he's cool. Man. I looked up a live performance. I, I do this all the time. I fall down rabbit holes while I just look up an artist and just find an old concert of theirs and just watch it. Mm-hmm. And I found one from John Denver at Farm Aid. Ooh. And I mean, the he's, original. He slaughtered. He crushed. He yeah. was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. He makes it look effort- effortlessly. And also, so I came to this conclusion. Uh, just by looking at him, because he wasn't wearing glasses. Mm. I'm telling you, this needs to be looked into. I'm pretty sure he's Steve Irwin's dad. Whoa. <laughs> because oh. they look very similar. You heard it here first, They folks. look oh, so man. similar when John Denver's not wearing his glasses and he has his hair cut shorter. Whoa. I'm telling you, he looks like Steve Irwin. Hmm. This, that, that's good. I'm going to look that up. Damn it. Okay. First ready? of all, what's your favorite John Denver song? Wow. Uh, I'd probably have to go with Rocky Mountain High. I, take Me Home Country Roads. I mean, I, I've been to Morgantown a couple of times, and hearing it before and after some soccer matches, it was it was pretty cool. Pretty good. It yeah. was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's a cool tradition. Any song from the Christmas special he did with the Muppets? <laughs> Never seen it. That might be the best answer we've ever received for this. Uh, yeah. Um, today uh, is Confucius Day. It is a nas- uh, international Confucius Day. What's the best piece of advice that you ever received? Can't tell you that. Because you got you want to keep it a secret. Um. No. Just you know, it's radio. Yeah. Yeah. Kids can be listening. Well, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Seriously. Um, Gross. Don't say no. Uh, when talking about, like, when you're coming up, uh, you're an up-and-comer, like, at, here at the radio station, I was told, just don't say no. Do whatever they ask. Mm-hmm. You know, gain their trust. Gain their respect. And look at you to be like, hey, we need you to fill in for uh, high school state wrestling. Do it. Updates. Uh-huh. Down in Hartman Arena. 
do it. And then that's it. That was the start I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Right, we need you to fill in for the uh, uh, mini golf tournament. You're going to do in play-by-play. It'll be 17 hours, and you're not getting paid anything. Do it. Do it. I would say no to that. No. I would say no. <laughs> I was like 17 hours. See ya. My mom wants me in bed by 10. I can't. <laughs> the child labor laws, punk. Troy, do you have any uh, like really that sticks out great advice that you ever received? Put it on black. <laughs> Always bet on black. Kicked out the, the plane tray. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say put in a new read before you share clarinet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why you and you're in clarinet. I have no idea. I'm going to go buy my own mantra. Rock and roll before everything. Dang. I love if you fall down nine times, get up ten. I love that. And if you think you're going through hell... Keep on moving, baby. But to get up, don't you have to fall a tenth time? No, if you fall nine times, get back up ten times. Because you've fallen nine, or you've gotten back up nine times. Ten, I think. I'm pretty sure yeah, you have I think to it's fall ten. to get back it's up. Ten. ten. Hey, if you fall down, get back up, baby. That one's under further review. Yeah, unless there's like weird gunfire. Um, <laughs> So, have you ever heard of these things called a malaphore? A blending of idioms or cliches? Like, um, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. You know when people I'm terrible up. with those. I so. my favorite by far it's not rocket surgery. I rocket real, surgery? Yeah. Instead of it's not rocket oh, gotcha. it's not rocket surgery. Do you have well, one that you like? Yes, I do. Make like a tr- well, it's yes. from, it's from uh, Yes. Back to the Future. It doesn't I don't think it's a mix of two. It's just like make make like a tree and get out of I here. Love that it makes one. no sense, but it's hilarious. It is the funniest. It, man, and he, the way he delivers it in the movie is just Get out of here. Malapropisms are wonderful, aren't yes. they? Yes. Malaprops, um, especially on The Sopranos, they used to go, man, they would get... They, and Because Tony would hear something on TV and think it was really funny, or he'd hear from, you know, Doc, and he would try to repeat it to his buddies, and it never came out the right way. I love that show. Trey? And that's all we have. No, he's counting oh. us down. We're done. Oh. Bye. See ya. Have a good weekend. Go Cats. Bye.